Welcome to the How Great Events Happen podcast. I'm Brooke. And I'm Cody. And we are your podcast hosts, coming to you from the Cvent Podcast Studio in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Before we get to today's topic, you can read more about today's episode on the Cvent blog at cvent.com slash podcast. And you guys know we love getting emails from our listeners, so continue to contact us at podcast at cvent.com. And of course, you can get updates on future episodes through Cvent's Instagram and Facebook. And today's episode, it's all about the power of podcasting. How meta, Cody. So meta. And we're joined <laughs> by Adam Perry. And he's the mind behind the Event Industry News podcast, has tons of podcasting experience. Yeah, he does. We want to talk today about how to use podcasting as part of live events. So here's our interview with Adam. So Adam, tell us, how did you first get into podcasting? So I first got into podcasting, I suppose, more of a listener than a producer, um, I was looking for a way to digest content in time, which I felt otherwise was kind of dead to me. Um, that could be, you know, walking the dog, on the commute to work, uh, maybe even just like household chores, washing the pots, things like that. I am a big music listener, but always felt that that wasn't necessarily a, a best use of time as well. And uh, there were so many interesting topics and subject matter out there that I kind of wanted to get more knowledgeable on. Uh, podcasting was kind of the easiest way to do that. Um, there was no friction around it. You know, I had my phone, headphones, I could download, I could search for content relating to subject matter. So got into it that way, really. That sounds good. So uh, Adam, what kind of podcast do you enjoy in your free time? Oh, that's an interesting one. Obviously, I listen to event industry related podcasts. Um, there are a few out there that um, kind of really hit some bells and whistles for me, um, especially around tech. So there's the Event Tech Podcast. Um, there's our own podcast, Event Industry News. I do actually listen to that back because I don't um, record those myself. So I am a listener of those. But then there's things from, you know, there's guys like Joe Rogan, which I'm sure a lot of your audience have heard about. You know, he has some really interesting scientists on about nutrition and health and things. But then obviously talks about something that I'm quite passionate about, which is mixed martial arts as well. So kind of a crossover of, of content there. There's a videography podcast, photography podcasts. The, the list really goes on. Um, and I think that's one of the great things about it. You, you can find a podcast generally on any topic or subject matter that kind of interests you. I agree. My favorite are crime podcasts. <laughs> I'm pretty open about that. But yeah, I mean, there's just so much to choose from there. And I feel like um, podcasts have become more and more popular. And there's this untapped potential for having your own podcast. Can you talk to us a little bit about what you think that untapped potential would look like? I, I suppose let's, let me throw some statistics that I've become aware of over the, the past couple of years. Um, so if you look at when podcasts launched, you know, in around 2005, by that time, there was only around 3,000 podcasts. So it's a really small, minute medium if you compare kind of other content sources through TV and, and online and blogs and that kind of stuff. But just recently, an organization called Chartable actually claimed that there are about 700,000 active podcasts in iTunes. And if you actually look at that, that's 32 times the size of Netflix and Amazon combined. So that shows you how many podcasts are out there. Now, that also shows because they're active, how much um, appetite there is for that type of content. And I think in terms of, uh, just going back to my earlier point, in terms of the untapped potential, there's very little friction around podcasts. As long as you can get that podcast into your target audience's phone or laptop and things like that, then 
these systems automatically push new content to your audiences. And in a way, sometimes that's um, less, I suppose, what's the word, cluttered around other content. So like blogs are kind of challenging each other for rankings and content, you know, even YouTube, there's an algorithm to try and get your content up there. So in terms of the impact act potential, you know, there's a huge audience out there. There's lots of podcasts on the same topic. So that doesn't necessarily mean you can't release something around the same topic as well. Um, so yeah, huge, huge untapped potential, especially for events, because we are creators of content. We, we create content at every event that we produce where we've got speakers um, and there's lots of other stuff wrapped around an event that we could also produce content for a podcast as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's almost like this trend as well of podcasts going on the road and doing a tour and it's actually become a live event itself, which I think is really cool. And I know we are going to get more in depth into that as we continue to talk, but even just using podcasts as part of a live event or to help build their registrations for a live event that they're having. Have you had any experience using a podcast as almost like tactic to bring an audience to a live event? Let's look at what we have at a live event. We, uh, you know, something like Event Tech Live, we have maybe 80 sessions uh, of content. And we probably out of that have, you know, let's say 10 to 15 keynotes or really key pieces of content from really great speakers that we want to get people in front of at the live event. Now, we've got access to those speakers in a way that most people haven't. And really easily using very little technology uh, with very little friction, you can ask those speakers to do short, sharp kind of mini interviews with you, really short podcasts, maybe even five, just 10 minutes, something like that around the subject matter and then release that um, almost as like extra content or, or preview content and maybe even only make it accessible to people that have already registered for the event. So it becomes like an exclusive piece of content for speakers. Um, So you've already got the speakers, you've already got the means to do it, you've already got the audience, it's just a matter of packaging it up in a way that makes it appetising to people to either register beforehand or make them register after they've listened to it. Yeah, we kind of did that a little bit too, Cody, with C-Event Connect, had some of our speakers on. Yeah, we had some speakers on, we had such a great time uh, doing our live podcast, but Adam, how are you seeing that podcasts are being used at live events? So yeah, really interestingly, more and more so, there is becoming this setup of, you know, a live podcasting arena. I've seen it more recently over the last 12 months, and it's something that we're discussing for our event as well. You know, again, you have access to speakers, really interesting people, and and sometimes those people are only there at that moment in time, uh, you know, so taking up the opportunity to get them around the table. And then what you also have on top of that is you have a spectacle for that live audience to also look at. And then what that also throws in there is a really cool dynamic, which most podcasts don't have, is where the audience can interact with those podcast um, hosts and, and guests and actually throw questions and get live feedback. And that becomes part of the podcast as well. So, you know, we've got the people on site, we've got the audience again, we've got the speakers, got really interesting opportunity. And rather than just throw another stage of content on there with speakers and panelists, actually make something a little bit more engaging and a little bit more interesting to view. Yeah. And I know when we were at Stephen Connect, we treated it almost like a session. So it was like a live podcast and we had our audience. Do you see... Um, the podcast team being set up in any other way, like having its own sort of podcast booth that's kind of consistently there at an event or traveling around the live event and doing interviews that way? 
I think both. We've been approached this year um, by um, a podcast called The Exhibitionist who want to come in and use a space that we've got. Um, we have a booth as such, but it's actually an inflatable dome um, by one of our suppliers that actually acts as a podcast booth. So we're working with them almost like a media partner to come in and interview some really interesting people on site and then release that post-show. Um, but I've also been a participant, should I say, in a podcast that took place at an event here in the UK by an organisation called UFE. And they actually stuck a podcast booth, um, which was designed and built for them and sponsored, right slap bang in the middle of the networking lounge and had it, the guests inside visible to the audience outside. So it almost became part of the, the networking and live entertainment of the event as well. Yeah, I love that. Kind of like you're in a little fishbowl and everybody <laughs> yeah. can look in and and be part of yeah. it. And it, it it creates hype in a really cool way you know i know when we were planning C event connect i kept reminding people like live podcasts are cool and in a hip way to to disseminate information look at all of the really big music festivals that are out there yeah. they're starting to include live podcasts as part of their content so it is really kind of taking your live event to the next level when you start incorporating those and I know we saw a huge jump in subscribers after we did our live podcast. You know, it, it created a little bit of visibility into our audience. Have you seen that as well, Adam, that uh, using a podcast as part of a live event helps to then build that podcast audience and continue that engagement? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, they're engaged with the subject matter and topic that you're already talking about at the event. Um, so to extend that afterwards, and, and we've got to remember, like as, as event organizers, we generally produce more content than anybody can digest in one go, even over a day or two. You know, generally there's multiple sessions happening at the same time. It might even be logistical reasons that that person can't get there for the full day. You know, we can extrapolate podcasts by taking audio feeds from the general sessions that we do as well, and then maybe having a host edit those over to introduce those con that content. So, you know, podcast is just audio that's been recorded, right, from interesting people and subject matter. So I've seen people leverage the content that they've recorded at the event as general sessions, panel sessions, keynotes, things like that, and then quite eloquently created a schedule and a season of podcasts that they've then delivered out to their audience per show. All right, Adam, you have convinced me. <laughs> um, so I just want to know, like, for our audience that's listening, like, how would one, how would they, you know, start to create their own podcast? I'm sure that's the first question is that they're convinced too, but like, where do they even get started? Okay, so my advice um, would be um, kind of twofold. Um, one would be to sign up to a service like Podbean. Podbean is um, a tool that will make it super easy for anybody to kind of register their podcast and get it listed on kind of the biggest platforms like iTunes because that's kind of key. You know, we want to make this as easy as possible for people and kind of learning about iTunes and XML feeds and all this kind of stuff can kind of really frighten people off. So Podbean, believe it or not, you can start with Podbean for zero dollars. You know, no upfront costs, you can register your podcast and you can start uploading from, from day one. I think like it scales up to like $99 a month, but even for $29, you can then get access to be able to monetize your podcast or list it on their ad platform. So you can start to make money very, very cheaply. So that's one thing I would, I would start off by looking at a platform where you're going to upload and host your podcast. The second piece of advice is to invest in something like 
a Rode mic for an iPhone. You can get two lapel mics into a little um, unit that plugs into your iPhone. Take that and go and interview somebody that you find interesting that's on, on topic. Um, you can do that super easily over a coffee, over lunch. You just literally hook the mics up to each other, plug it in, hit record and start speaking. And that's a really easy way to get started. So, you know, for less than $500 down, you've got a more cost effective way, in my opinion, than starting a blog, which comes with hosting and time writing and proofreading and somebody probably to design the website for you and all that kind of stuff. You know, and a really quick and easy way to engage people for, for literally, you know, time spent on actually talking. And, and that's how I view it. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so you said around $500, and I think that's pretty reasonable. That's not really out of reach for a lot of people. But, you know, time is money also, too. So how much time do you think someone would, would should invest um, in starting their podcast? I would say start off with an hour a month. You know, find a way to sit down with somebody and record a 30-minute podcast. Take that 30-minute podcast, spend another half an hour on just trimming it up, editing it in something like iMovie or something like that, some really simple software. I think even Podbean have some stuff. And then get that up there and, and you know, hit it out to your database or post it on social media. I, I honestly believe within an hour, possibly even if you want to spend a bit longer polishing it, two hours a month, you can have a really tangible way of connecting up with your audience, attracting sponsors, attracting attendees, um, and putting out unique content out there, which is I think is quite key rather than kind of trying to repurpose old content or write something similar as a blog post or something like that. Um, you know, an hour to two hours a month, and I think you'll have a really tangible product. I think our audience is going to be surprised to hear that. But I mean, Cody and I can confirm we had a very low expense to start this podcast. Right. We have other jobs that <laughs> yeah. we do, um, as I'm sure you do as well, Adam. Um, and so it really is, it really is accessible. It is something that you could do to help uh, enhance that live event experience. And for us, we have a global audience. We do. And we are always trying to find new and unique ways to increase that global reach. Do you have any advice for us and for our audience listening, Adam? Um, in terms of building an audience, I think the one piece of advice I would give is keep going and consistency is key. I, I think, you know, for the event industry new post and, and possibly USC event, we've been able to gain traction maybe a little bit quicker than, than some people might by already an existing, you know, client and audience database that are engaged with our platforms anyway, right? So, you know, and there's nothing wrong with sending that content to an existing audience if you if you already have that. But if you're starting afresh, if you're if it's maybe a new event launch, maybe a new idea, new topic, that kind of thing, let's say it's something that's just breaking out like cryptocurrency and uh, or uh, marijuana events or something like that, then, you know, you're not going to see 50,000 people all of a sudden flock to your podcast within episode one, right? You need to keep going. You need that consistency of publishing as well. People will expect the next podcast to come out regularly. So if you miss one or two, then you're going to lose that audience. So, you know, consistency is key. Keep recording, keep publicizing on the platforms, try and interview people, which you can then also tap into their networks because they're going to amplify the fact that they've been on podcasts and stuff like that. Uh, and if you kind of keep those three key things and keep going, I think you'll, you'll have a successful podcast. 
I think that's great advice. Yeah, I, I agree. It's not really easy to figure out and navigate how to do something new. So what resources are out there to help our listeners when they're trying to create a new podcast? In terms of technical stuff, if you if you want to up the quality, if you you know are conscious that you want to create a, a really good listening uh, podcast, then I would suggest you know jump onto places like YouTube. There's huge amounts of advice on YouTube about how to maybe set up an environment that's more conducive to a noise reflections and all those kinds of stuff. The one piece of advice I would get across though is do not fall into the trap of thinking. Better equipment means better podcast because it really does still come back to the content itself. People will listen to a podcast that's been recorded on a train or a plane if the content's really good, right? Ultimately, they want a good listening um, thing. But, you know, again, it's just talk to other podcasters, reach out to them, uh, reach out to people like me and say, how do you do it? How do you go about it? And I would also say, although you want to try and think of something unique and that's really honourable... If you think you've got something to add to a conversation that's already going off um, around a particular topic, don't be afraid to launch a podcast that's already being talked about in another way. But also don't just try and copy somebody uh, mark for mark on kind of how they're delivering their podcast, their intros, their guests, all that kind of stuff, because you're not really going to be adding anything new to the mix. Cody and I were kind of laughing to each other about the equipment yeah. because when we first started, we had the most intense equipment set up. It was and intimidating. We, it was. It was like boom mics and everything. Very expensive. And quickly we realized we didn't need it. And we actually swapped it out for really simple, um, inexpensive equipment that worked even better. Portable also too. Yeah. I think it really makes sense that you can bring it with you wherever you go. There's a YouTuber that's really, really well known now called Casey Neistat. Um, he works with organizations like Samsung and, and other great companies. Um, he's actually a filmmaker originally and, and started off on YouTube right at the beginning. And the consistently, the, the biggest question he got was, what's the best camera I should buy? And his advice was, it's the camera that you've got in your pocket as long as you keep shooting and you shoot often and upload and don't be fearful of, you know, the quality and things like that, then that's where you gain the experience to know what's good content and what's not. It doesn't matter if it's shot in 4K. If the subject matter is rubbish, then people aren't going to be engaged. And it's the same with podcasting. You know, it's, it's all about the content. It's all about the subject matter. Uh, the audio quality does matter maybe later on down the line, but, you know, if you've got people's attention, then they're happy to listen to a bit of crackle and pop. Yeah, absolutely. Consistency and content. Those are two takeaways. And I love what you said about reaching out to other podcasters. I know we've had some really fun conversations about um, the trials and tribulations when it comes to building a podcast. Tell us more about where our audience can find you. Where can they find your podcast and hear more about your expertise? Our podcast is available on eventindustrynews.com um, or on iTunes and other podcast um, apps and, and networks that you can download it on. Um, our podcast uh, for Event Industry News, although I line up all the speakers and the guests and things like that, that's actually delivered um, by one of my team, a, guy, a fantastic guy called James Dixon. Um, he does definitely have the voice for radio, so that's why we've chosen him. I'm actually working on a podcast in the background, still industry related but it gives me a little bit more freedom to move away from some of the subject matter and topics and things and the way that we do things at event industry news um so that'll be some, something i'm hoping to launch 
either the back end of this year or beginning of next year, but I'll, I'll maybe update you guys and we can do another podcast around about that then at that time. Uh, but yeah, eventintranews.com or just search News on things like iTunes and other podcasting apps. That's awesome. We will continue to follow you. For sure. That sounds great. And Adam, thank you so much. Is there anything else you can think of uh, that our listeners may want to know about the Power Podcast? My, my advice to people, um, not that I've got anything new, is, is just try it. Try and find a way to involve it in your event. Try and find a way to start recording that, that one podcast a month with some interesting people that you know. Uh, and even if you don't publicize any of the first like dozen or half a dozen that you record, just get that experience and, and you'll be re- really surprised how easy it comes. Absolutely. And if you guys have any questions for us, feel free to reach out at podcast at cvent.com. And thank you, Adam, so much for your time. We really appreciate it. It's just a wealth of knowledge and good luck on your upcoming podcast yes. this year. Good luck. Thank you very much, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, talk to you soon. Wow. Adam is so knowledgeable when it comes to podcasting. You know, I loved talking to him about how to integrate them into live events. Me too. He has so much experience, so many great ideas. He actually threw out some pretty staggering statistics yeah, as well. Yeah, he did. And if you want to read more about this interview and access some of the resources and those statistics that he mentioned, head over to the blog at cvent.com slash podcast. And as a reminder, we love hearing from you. So always email us at podcast at cvent.com. And of course, join us next week for another exciting interview. We'll talk to you then. Bye.